0: Welcome to The Pilot Podcast.
1: Where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and answer your question, should I watch this?
0: My name is BJ.
1: And my name is me too.
0: And this week, we're checking out Normal People on Hulu, Trying on Apple TV+, Never Have I Ever on Netflix, Hollywood on Netflix, and Upload on Amazon Prime.
1: So stay tuned to the end to find out if BJ and I are together forever and ever and even after that.
0: That is a big commitment.
1: So excited for us. All right, let's get into Normal People on Hulu. Beach, tell us what happened.
0: Normal People on Hulu is actually a co-production with BBC3 and it's set in a small town in West of Ireland and we're following Connell. He's liked by everyone at school attractive, he's an athlete, popular, and also Marianne, who is a loner, very intelligent, but unpopular. And we're going to see how their two worlds start to collide while they're in high school together.
1: And this was also based on a novel by Sally Rooney.
0: Don't read the novel or you'll get spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) Which
1: I think lends itself to the sweeping narratives of the show. You really get caught up in it
0: and it's very picturesque.
1: How did you feel about Marianne? So she's this fiercely intelligent girl, but she's also very much a loner.
0: So Marianne's very interesting. She comes from a wealthy family, and she's very intelligent and sharp and quick-witted, but she's outspoken to the point where she's talking back to teachers and authority. She doesn't care about really what any adults think except for her mother to an extent. And it's sad because she isolates herself and it doesn't seem like she's willing to relate to her peers. And that further pushes her on the outside of her school. Do you think that she should make more of an effort or do you think she's made the right choice to not try and get in with the cool kids?
1: I would say shout out to Daisy Edgar Jones for her portrayal of this character. Under normal circumstances, it would be very difficult for me to feel sorry for a wealthy, intelligent, conventionally attractive girl in high school who is, I think, to some extent, choosing to outcast herself. But in this case, it feels almost like a defense mechanism. She has no real love at home. Her mom is quite distant. Her brother is a real jerk. So she's already isolated at home and is extending that to school. And I can see how that affects her ability to want to let people in.
0: And in contrast to her, we have Connell, who is the popular guy and also seems to be Willing to sympathize with everyone around him, from teachers to Marianne. Why do you think he's the popular kid?
1: I think for exactly that reason. He probably knows how to read a room really well and is popular by any means necessary. He comes from a working class background. His mom actually cleans Marianne's home. That's how she and Connell can speak and connect is because when he goes to pick up his mom from Marianne's mansion, they're able to chit chat a little bit while his mom wraps up mopping. You can see that he wants academic and athletic success in order to do right by his own Goals and also his family.
0: We also see that he is very intelligent, just like Marianne, well read. And I think that's what leads to their connection where they see each other on a similar level. She definitely thinks more highly of him than her other peers.
1: He's very close with his mom. She has a very different relationship with her family. How do you see that affecting their potential romance?
0: I think it's going to be tricky for both sides. I think Connell is going to be worried about his appearance at school. So what would a relationship with Marianne mean for his popularity? And that might hold him back. And then I think Marianne hasn't experienced any affection. So if she gets that from Connell, she might be too attached because that's the only person offering her that love and that could lead to an unhealthy relationship. So I really just see it breaking down not too (laughs) long after it gets started. What do you think?
1: I didn't think about the angle of her potential dependence on him. That's true. He's one of the only people in her life that has extended an olive branch to her, even though the way that he is affectionate toward her is also problematic. When they have their first kiss, immediately afterward, he says, don't tell anyone at school. That's an awful thing to hear after your first kiss.
0: That's a red flag, listeners. If your (laughs) crush tells you we got to keep this a secret, they might not be the one for you.
1: Listeners, please email in all of your dating and crush questions. I know that they're on your mind. We're going to introduce a new show called Red Flags with BJ, and he's just going to (laughs) go through and identify whether these are red flags or not.
0: That would be fun. You know, I love judging people's lives, just like I love judging shows.
1: This is something that is made for you. Thank you. So, Beach, is Normal People also for you? What would you rate it?
0: So it is for me. I would rate Normal People would watch again seriously. And I am really surprised that I like this romance drama production. But I'm interested to see the back and forth between Marianne and Connell. What about you?
1: I agree. If you tell me about a show where two young people are trying to fall in love, and there is no humor, just drama and angst. And rain. Rain actually does show up in this first episode. That would very easily turn me off, but there's such a lightness to it, and yet such a depth of heart that you get sucked in. I want to know where Marianne and Connell are headed next. Listeners, I think you'll want to know too. So let's go from one teen couple to an adult couple on Apple TV's Trying who are trying for a baby.
0: And we're just hopping over the pond getting into Britain. And here we're looking at Nikki and Jason, a young couple who really want to become parents, but they have been struggling to conceive and their fertility doctor have told them that their chances are slim. So they should consider adoption as an option if they do want to become parents. And so in this first episode, we really see them coming to terms with whether or not they want to be parents still. And if so, would adoption be the right path for them? So what did you think of Nikki and Jason as a couple, and how do you feel about them as potential parents?
1: As a couple, I have to say that Nikki, played by Esther Smith, and Jason, played by Rafi Spall, have incredible chemistry. You really root for them as a couple. And this is another show where the premise of it isn't necessarily interesting to me as someone who doesn't have kids and is not looking to have kids anytime soon, yet you get sucked in just like we were with normal people in this tale that is surprisingly interesting. And so I love them as a couple, and I am excited to see how they're able to build themselves up as they prepare to be parents.
0: Along the way, as they're building their way up, they have to deal with different people in their lives, the different social circles that they're a part of, who all have very strong and differing opinions on fertility and parenthood. So what did you think of Nikki's coworker who has been pregnant? I guess it adds up to about five months out of her life, but doesn't think it's something worth pursuing.
1: I felt really bad for Nikki. When she was at a baby shower with her friends and her life, they were asking her, why don't you have kids? And so she lied and said, I'm focusing on my career because she's struggling with fertility issues and Didn't feel comfortable sharing that in a party setting and so felt like she needed to come up with another reason as to why she didn't have kids. And then conversely, when speaking to her coworker about considering adoption, her coworker Says something to the effect of, I don't know why anyone would want to be pregnant. Pregnancy is awful. And that may be the case, but Nikki wanted it urgently. So then she has to do a second round of pretending in a different direction of acting like she didn't want to have a child of her own biologically. It was sad to see her have to go back and forth between these different worlds when it would have been great if she could have just either been authentically supported or if people could have just kept their noses out of her fertility.
0: Exactly. She's going through a tough time where something she's wanted so badly is just no longer an option. And she's surrounded by people who have the option and they either make it sound like it's something easy or it's something a burden. And she hasn't even gotten the chance to make that decision for herself.
1: I once read, I think it was in Gabrielle Union's book, that you should never ask someone why they don't have kids. She's very open about her struggles with fertility, and it's just a healthy rule to
0: keep your nose out of people's reproductive organs. There is no norm for anyone's life, and having kids isn't a requirement
1: they are going to try to have kids by adoption. And they learn that it's a year-long process where they have to change their health, their behaviors, maybe make some upgrades to their home. You're examined quite closely to make sure that you are even able to provide for a child. And then after that year of examination is over, you are then not necessarily given a baby, but might receive an older child. Do you think that they'll get close to qualifying?
0: I think they will. I know in this episode, Nikki has talked about her own doubts about whether or not she would be good enough. But I think the fact that she's asking herself that question means that she has what it takes to be a good parent. And Jason, I think they both would do well with kids. In this first episode, we see Nikki with a child. And we see those maternal instincts kick in. It's in her and she wants it enough. And so whatever age the child ends up being, I think they'll do well. It's going to be a tough road going through these interviews, but they'll pass. What do you predict?
1: I think they'll pass. And then I think it'll be interesting in this show if we get to see them have the child. It'll be fun to watch this year-long journey of them trying to get super healthy. You see Jason worried about his BMI and Nikki worried about lampshades in their home. One of my favorite quotes in the episode was, can't have kids before you have lampshades. It's true. It'll be interesting to watch them upgrade their lives and their
0: lifestyles.
1: And then hopefully, I would love to see them adjust to a new child in their home as well.
0: I just want to throw in a quick prediction that popped into my head while you were talking. I think they will adopt a child and get pregnant at the same time.
1: Like on Friends.
0: I never watched Friends, but sure.
1: Well, Beach, are you trying to watch more episodes of Trying?
0: That is the only thing I am trying. (laughs) (laughs) I would rate trying, would watch again, seriously. I like the humor in this show, even though I don't like comedies, probably because there are a lot of heavy topics to balance that out. So I'm going to keep at it. What about you?
1: I would watch again casually. I don't think I'm as gung-ho as you are, but this is such a charming show. And again, I really believe in this couple. You just love them when you watch them and you just want to see good for them
0: you're rooting for them. Yes. So how about we switch to another show where I think our lead character really needs someone to root for her to get through most simple struggles in high school life. And that is on Never Have I Ever on Netflix. Tell us about this show.
1: Never Have I Ever, created by Mindy Kaling, stars Matre Ramakrishnan as Devi, who is praying that her sophomore year will be better than her freshman year. She was made fun of in her first year for using a wheelchair. Also, her father dropped dead in in front of her entire class and so she's looking for a fresher start now that she can walk and is starting to contend with her grief along the way on her path to popularity she's trying to bring her friends fabiola played by lee rodriguez and eleanor played by ramona young so we are watching her try to really start anew
0: she certainly has an interesting life history leading up to her sophomore year where her parents are immigrants, but she has adopted basically solely American styles and interests. And, you know, after her dad died, she lost the ability to walk, her legs stopped working, but then they were able to come back to function when she wanted to look at her crush, which brings up some questions. And now she has a rival in her home of her cousin Kamala, who's living with her family while studying, and she's the gorgeous, successful, smart, good Indian daughter that she can't compare to. So it really just feels like Davy's got everything working against her. But I like her gung ho attitude to make sophomore year the year of her life. What do you think of her journey so far?
1: I really enjoyed this show. I love that the voice in her head is John McEnroe. There is a really sweet reason for the narrator of the show being John McEnroe revealed toward the end of the episode, but what I initially thought before the reveal was... She has these rage issues, which it's so cool to watch a young girl on a show tap into rage. And then John McEnroe is literally known for his rage. It is his signature, I think, just as much as tennis is his signature. And so getting to see that voice and her over-the-top nature play off each other was so fun. And then we get to see a little bit of her dad in memories and other ways. And he's played by Roma Ramamurthy, who is everyone's favorite geneticist from Heroes.
0: I didn't like his character, but he was popular on that show.
1: Yes. So we have this tough family life at home. We have this tough life at school. One thing she has going for her in her corner is her therapist, Dr. Jamie Ryan, played by Niecy Nash. Nisi Nash being the most underrated beauty in Hollywood and also so mega talented. But she has this no-nonsense advice, at least, from Dr. Ryan. But otherwise... It sometimes feels like she's alone in her dream world and in her ambitions. Where do you see this going next for her?
0: I think it's going to be a bumpy path. She does have a plan. She can't change her friend's personalities. So the next best thing to become popular is to get a boyfriend. And she has a crush on Paxton Hall Yoshida, a swimmer who is repeating sophomore year history. So she's closer to her crush. And I think that's just going to be her goal because Dr. Ryan told her to think about what would make her happy and work towards that.
1: Paxton Hall Yoshida, by the way, is a fantastic crush name for a YA story. Is it really? It's so good. It's just so full. It's just such a good name.
0: Davy and Paxton. That sounds like a YA couple.
1: Exactly. Do you see any romance building with Ben or do you think that they'll keep this rivalry of trying to be the number one student in class?
0: So Ben is her lifelong school rival. They're always trading spots as the top student in the class. And they also have a very violent rivalry. Yes. There's some rage on both sides of that. And since you bring up the whole YA idea, I now have to say Ben must be a potential love interest, but maybe one she regrets or she's fighting against. They'll have this tension that might turn a little romantic, but neither of them wants it to happen.
1: I love their tension and their anger toward each other. I love a good rivalry. Are
0: you supporting her violence? She threw glassware on the ground when she found out Ben scored one point higher than her on a chemistry test. She
1: threw her math book out a window.
0: (laughs) Blamed a bird.
1: Mama is full of rage.
0: (laughs) That was funny, though, because then her cousin Kamala was like, maybe I cleaned the windows too well. And that bird just ran right into it.
1: Ooh, that's another prediction I just thought of. Kamala, for sure, has a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. She seemed very nervous when Davy's mom said that Kamala's parents had found her her match to get married. I think she's not just anti-arranged marriage. I bet she also has a boyfriend.
0: She can't be perfect.
1: You can't be perfect. But, Beach, how did you feel about this show? Was it at all close to perfect?
0: It has some of the qualities of a perfect show if there is such thing. And I would rate Never Have I Ever would watch again casually. I'll check in on some episodes. Davy seems like she's a wild ride, and I'm sure her sophomore year is going to be crazy. But I don't need to check in every day. That might be too much rage for me. What do you think?
1: I would watch again seriously. Comedy Hive, this is our show. I plan to finish this by next weekend. Just like last week on our Pilot Podcast Deep Dive episode when we reviewed Everything's Gonna Be Okay, I said I would finish it by this weekend, and as of today, I have finished it. It was fantastic. Same thing with this show, Never Have I Ever.
0: And if you want to know more about the Deep Dive, just go to join.thepilotpodcast.com.
1: All right, Beach. why don't you join me in Tinseltown for Netflix's Hollywood.
0: Ooh, what's going on in Hollywood?
1: Hollywood is a mini-series from Ryan Murphy and Ian Brennan and follows a group of actors and filmmakers who want to make it in Hollywood post-World War II. In this first episode, we follow Jack Costello, played by David Cornsweat, who is trying to make it in Hollywood. Through a series of circumstances, he ends up working at a gas station and then becoming a sex worker. And his clients in this first episode are Avis Amberg, played by legend Patti LuPone, and also legendary songwriter. Cole Porter, played by Darren Richardson.
0: One of the cool things about this show and basically any show and film about Hollywood is that it brings up two questions. What does success look like? What does it mean to be successful? That can mean a lot of different things in the film industry. And is following your dreams enough in life? Because as we can see, even with Jack, following your dreams to be a main leading role in a film That's tough and might not be enough to support your family.
1: We learn that people treat him like another pretty face in the crowd, which is interesting that his struggle is being pretty because he's in Hollywood where you would think that being pretty is currency. But through his meetings with his clients, he is able to, with one of his clients, get a leg up and get to be an extra in a movie because she is a casting agent. And you wonder if this will all come crashing down. So he has this moment of success stemming from his by any means necessary approach, which is sex work, but will that come crashing down if, and I think the real question is when his wife finds out what he's doing in order to earn money and get his foot in the door. We also see the ugly side of Hollywood and what success looks like through Avis Amberg. She was a star in the silent movie days, but then as soon as Hollywood transitioned to talkies, she was seen as having too Jewish a voice. And so her success turned from being independently successful in her own right as an actor to marrying a film executive, having money, and then being able to hire sex workers on the side so that she can find some joy on her own.
0: And that comes up with Archie, who's another employee at the Golden Tip that Jack actually recruits. And he wants to be a screenwriter. But due to racism at this time, there's no way that a black screenwriter is going to get a contract with one of these major studios. So he can't actually make a living off of doing what he wants.
1: And shout out to Jeremy Pope for his portrayal of Archie because he isn't given much time in this first episode. And yet when he's on screen, your eyes really go to him. And not just because he's the only black face in the room. He's (laughs) so charming and managed to inject such heart into his scenes where he is servicing people sexually.
0: Getting those tips.
1: Mm -hmm. So where do you see things going for these two? With Archie, is he going to become a successful writer? Is he going to be able to control some narratives in Hollywood? And with Jack, is he going to get his foot in the door in the right way and actually become the actor that he dreamed of becoming? And how will this affect his family life?
0: And does Ernie have lung cancer from smoking?
1: I know we're in Shout Out City, but Dylan McDermott, fantastic as Ernie.
0: Gotta have a good pimp. Mm-hmm. Do I think Jack will be a movie star? No. Do I think... <laughs>
1: <laughs> Oof. Okay. Go ahead.
0: Do I think his wife, Henrietta, will find out that he has cheated on her with so many people? Yes. And I think it will tear their marriage apart. I think
1: she might be cheating
0: too. Yeah, because it seems like she has a co-worker that she was flirting with so she might just move on. For Archie, considering what time period this is in, I do not think he will be a successful screenwriter either, but maybe he will get to keep writing and then maybe he'll use a pin name or someone will just buy his work from him to like let him keep writing, but he won't get the recognition he deserves.
1: That's what I see coming for him as well. Success, not even behind the scenes, behind the building.
0: Yeah, he's not even on set. No. He just mails a script to someone, gets a check, and he's the only one who knows. I did that. Exactly. Do you think Jack would become a successful actor?
1: No. (laughs) I could see him maybe becoming a working actor, but I don't see stardom.
0: Regular extra or supporting roles? Hmm.
1: Maybe regular extra and a couple supporting roles that get him really excited.
0: Okay. So what would you rate Hollywood on Netflix?
1: I would watch again casually. I had my reservations about this show. I didn't think that it would be for me, but I thought it was really good. And if you like Ryan Murphy Productions, I think that you'll like this one. It's over the top. It's ridiculous in a really fun way.
0: So I am a little less enthusiastic. I would watch this while doing laundry. This is something I would have on in the background. I do want to see unfortunately, how everyone's lives start to fall apart as they chase their dreams. You love chaos. I don't love chaos. I just think chaos is a part of life and I will observe it happening to others. Okay. And that's what I'll do with this show occasionally while I'm doing some chores around my apartment.
1: Speaking of chaos, Upload on Amazon Prime is really trying to take the chaos out of traumatic deaths.
0: So Upload is a new sci-fi series on Amazon Prime Video and it's set in a future where now humans are able to upload their consciousness into a virtual afterlife. And so we follow Nathan, played by Robbie Amell, and he is a computer programmer who meets an early death at age 27 in a car accident. And so now he is uploaded into one of the more popular and fancy afterlifes called Lakeview by a company named Horizon. And so we are following his journey as he learns about what it means to live an eternal life in a utopian afterlife, along with his angel, the real life person who is monitoring his virtual life, Nora, and his girlfriend, Ingrid, who's actually the one paying for him to be in this afterlife. So, me Too, what do you think is the appeal of someone uploading their consciousness into a digital afterlife?
1: So It seems like an upload that this is a merging on the lines of utopian and dystopian society that no longer believes in the concepts of heaven or hell or afterlives, and they believe in creating it themselves. We see that a little bit between Nora, played by Andy Allo, and her father, Dave, played by Chris Williams, where he wants to die naturally and meet her mom in Heaven, you know, in quote unquote actual heaven, as we traditionally consider it, versus in this afterlife. You see a lot of the appeal for something like Horizons in that interaction because Nora is stressed about the fact that if her father were to pass away naturally without uploading his consciousness into this server at Horizons or another place, she will no longer be able to FaceTime him and connect with him like you're able to do from the afterlife at Horizons or other ones. You see her begging him to consider this upload because we don't know what happens after we die. So you don't have a guarantee that he will meet his wife in heaven as we traditionally consider it. So I think that's the appeal, is that there is no mystery
0: it's uh, a known factor. People are afraid of the unknown, and this gets rid of the biggest unknown in our lives. And I think also, especially when you look at the relationship between Nora and her father, there's a selfish aspect. And you definitely see that with Ingrid and Nathan. You can preserve someone you love so that they will always be there for you. Whether or not Nathan wants to wait around for Ingrid to die is a whole nother question that she doesn't consider.
1: Before Nathan dies, he takes Ingrid home for Thanksgiving because she forces him to. And it's clear that he was considering exiting the relationship. But now that he's dead, he's in Ingrid's phone forever. His purchases in the afterlife go through her app for her to approve. So she felt comfortable when they had a conversation after he had died via FaceTime from the afterlife to her phone in the living world. And she ended it with, I love you. And he stops and goes, whoa, we've never said I love you. And she's like, well, where are you going to go next?
0: I can't scare you off now. (laughs)
1: Exactly. So it is a very selfish venture. I don't think it's completely selfish, but her motivations were almost entirely selfish.
0: Yeah, more power to her. She found what she wanted and she literally locked it down.
1: Shout out to Allegra Edward.
0: So another thing that we were discussing before we started recording offline is what are the rules of Lakeview and other digital afterlives? So one thing I thought was very strange and disturbing is the idea of in-app purchases in the afterlife. Oof. If you want like a special food, you have to pay more?
1: If you want different food, if you want different drinks, there are even ads that pop up that try to sell you gum.
0: That's the worst part. They're ads for eternity in Afterlife. That sounds miserable.
1: They toy with this idea in The Good Place, which we won't spoil. They toy with the idea of The afterlife and perfection and whether you can be happy in a perfect environment, which is interesting because this show was created by Greg Daniels, who is a longtime collaborator of Mike Schur's, who created The Good Place. And so it's almost like they made dark and light versions of discussions of the afterlife, The Good Place being a much brighter show than this one.
0: Yeah. And we see in this first episode that Nathan is struggling with the afterlife. And Nora, while talking to her coworker, Alicia, they bring up the fact that these people who are uploaded early and they're unprepared for their upload, they sometimes have a rejection rate anywhere from 40 to 60%. And in Lakeview, there's a thing called the data stream, which allows these virtual people to end their existence.
1: Speaking of ending people's existences, Nathan, his death was wildly suspicious.
0: Now we need to go into our conspiracy theory section.
1: It's me. I'm Charlie Day. I'm in front of the board with the red string on it and all of the writing. Let's go.
0: Okay. So attach a self-driving car to a car accident, which should not happen because this car should have seen a parked truck in front of it.
1: Already suspicious, his cause of death. Self-driving car accidents never happen.
0: Second, Nora has to prepare Nathan for Lakeview. And she goes through his memories and she is confused when she finds corrupted memory files.
1: Never happens. And we see before he died that he was about to create something dope. We're not quite sure yet, but maybe that's the thing that is being corrupted. And it's being corrupted for a reason. Pinned.
0: Because while in Lakeview, he talks to his neighbors and he tells them he was a computer programmer, but he doesn't remember what he programmed.
1: Suspicious. Pinned.
0: So what do you think this all means? Did someone murder Nathan?
1: My prediction for the show. This is my hot take. Okay. I think he was murdered. I bet he was making a free version of heaven. So I bet Horizon and these other paid heavens are trying to take him down.
0: Ooh, a big corporation took him down.
1: It's always a big corporation. I also see that he is developing some kind of odd attraction with Nora. I'm not sure how that attraction between him and Nora works because she's alive and he is dead.
0: She's got VR glasses.
1: That's true. I think from that connection, she's going to be motivated to figure out what happened. And I think that's going to get her caught up in a lot of stuff too.
0: Oh, so she can be the real world investigator to help Nathan solve his own murder. Yes. I feel like this is a lifetime movie, but instead of an AI or a virtual person, it's like a ghost who would be talking to Nora.
1: All right, Beach, will you ghost this show or are you interested in watching more episodes?
0: I am going to keep watching. I want to know What happens to Nathan? What happens to Nora? Will we see Ingrid finally join Lakeview? These are the questions I want answered. So I'll watch seriously. What about you?
1: I agree. For my fellow people who are not really sci fi fans, I thought that this show would turn me off. I feel like I've said that about a lot of these shows that we've reviewed today, but every single one was fantastic. And this is no exception. I'm excited to see more episodes of Upload. I really want to know why he was, I think, killed if Nora's going to help him, and any other shady things that are happening at Horizons.
0: This was a good week for TV. If you want to find more shows from past weeks, head to our website at thepilotpodcast.com, and you can subscribe to us on all of your favorite podcast platforms.
1: You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can send thoughts, feelings, show suggestions, feedback, and your potential dating red flags to us for BJ to judge at askthepilotpodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.
0: Bye.